This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 72. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. You know what, Lisa? I am so happy today, and I am feeling never better. How about you? I had coffee. I feel about the same. <laughs> That's great. This is the art podcast where we discuss colored pencil, and we give you the facts without the fluff. Well, I guess we give you the opinions. Sometimes without the fluff, not always. Sometimes with history lessons that you get to go take tea breaks for. All right, so today, what are we talking about? We are talking about working in colored pencil on black paper. Yeah, I have seen a lot of artists in colored pencil create uh, works of art on black paper. I've seen people use a lot of black in the background, and sometimes it appears that they used black paper, but they, in fact, used white. So we're going to talk today about some of the advantages and disadvantages of using black paper. I think sooner or later, a colored pencil artist is um, probably going to try their hand at using black paper. It seems like an intriguing thing to save a lot of time, uh, to not have to, if you have something that is predominantly got this black background or a darker background, that, you know, you you probably want to uh, try that and you're thinking, oh, this is going to save me a lot of time, so... Yeah, I think understanding what project you choose to work on for that black paper Mm -hmm. is so important as to whether or not your results are going to be any good. Lisa and I can talk about this from the perspective of uh, using the black paper. I did a portrait of my daughter, and it's been some time ago now, um, on black paper. And I did a monochromatic rendering just using white pencil. And different uh, shades of white. You know what? It was it was all white. I think I used a gray just a little bit towards the end. But I tested a whole bunch of different whites on black paper. That might be an interesting discussion for some time, but uh, some other time to talk about. But they're not all quite as translucent, or I should say, they're not all as opaque. Every brand has a different level of opacity, which I thought was interesting. But absolutely. But I mean. We knew that from working on other colors anyway. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about some of the advantages then of of, uh, working on black. I think that it's something that is kind of obvious if you're going to do something, like we mentioned, that is uh, predominantly got a darker, a very dark background, or there's a lot of black in the project that you're working on, then instead of using white, seems like a, a reasonable time savings, right? to go ahead and use a black uh, support to do that in. I don't even know if I would say just going by those guidelines, though. If it's dark, predominantly dark that I would choose to work on black paper, I still wouldn't, depending on what that subject is and how much of a glow you're trying to get in that subject. If I were to draw grapes, for example, it doesn't matter how dark I want my background, I would never choose to do a grape project 
on black paper because I just can't get the glow and the light coming through those grapes like I can on white paper. So even saying if it's predominantly black, I personally, it depends on what the subject is on top of being predominantly black as to why I might choose to work on that colored paper. Actually, after I used black paper, I was not as impressed. And so the disadvantages outweighed, and I think that's what you're alluding to there, the advantages of working on black. So one of the other adv- advantages would be that, uh, well, no, that's not that's not really an advantage. One of the other, I guess, qualities to working on black paper is that, you know, there's going to be some more effort that you're going to have to more layering that you're going to have to um, uh, spend time doing more layering in some of these areas that you're trying to build up a brighter value in. And I, I under you may not ever get you it may not get it. And, and I never really did. I never really felt like I did. And that that to me, I don't know, more than anything else, that was sort of frustrating to me. And, and I thought that maybe, you know, I was maybe doing something wrong. And so I went back and I would test some more. Uh, on certain things and and then uh, I would go back to my project but yeah by the time I was done I just I just decided that I probably was not going to be working on black very often anymore just because of also thinking backwards about things instead of uh, recessing things um, by using a darker value I had to use a lighter value and things like that and the opposite you know of using white or black. And that didn't that really was, bother me too that was, much. That was kind of odd. Because, well, see, I'm used to doing that when painting. I will put my dark colors and then lay my light over it. So that part I was actually very okay with. And some of the advantages I found, I really liked drawing fur. If you were working on, if you just want a practice piece for drawing fur and getting a good understanding of how to curve each of those strands of fur, how to group them together, you can very quickly, without having to do much layering underneath, just do what, you know, get a few colors and draw a tiger fur. Draw, that's what I drew was a tiger. So I'm going to use that as my example throughout this podcast. But you can draw the fur so quickly so easily and really see all of it just seemed like it would be such a good way to practice fur even if you don't intend on ending up drawing on black paper you it was really easy to do because I wasn't having to get those base layers down I could just take my lighter pencils and draw a sketch in the fur so so quickly also if you're drawing people people fur oh gosh if you're drawing hair that would be the same i mean you can really see all of the strands and how you would clump the hair together it was so easy if nothing else just for practice i would recommend doing that with yeah now yeah and and i you know i did hair obviously when i was drawing my daughter but here here is something that i found happening that i now i thought she might take after you and you wouldn't have to draw hair uh, she did actually when she was born she didn't have any hair it was amazing <laughs> but anyway I've seen different uh, artists try this online I've seen different digital representations of their colored pencil piece online this is something I've noticed with their work as well and it was a tendency that I had in this one and that is to start outlining things or to to create something that starts to look like if you're not careful this is the one of the big drawbacks, I think, is that it starts to become look. It, it starts looking like a negative, like a photo negative, because you have the tendency, as it's in your mind, whenever you're typically drawing from the time you started learning how to draw, you're always increasing um, a dark area by uh, increasing the softness of a lead. If we're talking about graphite, you know, you're you're increasing your areas that have shadows with 
more of uh, your drawing medium. And you have the tendency to do that unconsciously. Yeah. Whenever I found you're that using actually when white. I did the tiger stripes, that exact yeah. problem. I'm yeah. used to doing and it's, Yeah, that was I want to draw in the black, right. but the black was already there. Right. And I was trying to leave that and my brain was just like, nope. Yeah, that's the thing nope. I was trying to to get at there. And and so yeah, there's a there's a lot more layering that's involved to get up to that saturation that you want, but the problem is just that very thing that we just talked about. That you're you're gonna you're gonna run into that. I think I ran into that. I think though, I have like to say, well. I think that sort of challenge for your brain brain is super healthy it is good that is I a agree. good thing to get your I, brain working in a different way than it's used to oh so, yeah well it was a challenge it wasn't something i'd call a negative no it, yeah it, it was kind of like a puzzle for me yeah yeah no i'd have to agree with that it was it was fun but it's not something that it took me a lot longer to uh get that completed than what i thought it was going to it really didn't save <laughs> yeah, me i went through time. mine really quick i did an eight by ten and i had it done in mm-hmm. about two nights most of it was done i came back the third night and did mm-hmm. some touch-ups but i did not put much time into it it went so fast i think one of the things if you're going to work on black paper or really any toned paper mm-hmm. choose a paper that's going to work for you and save you the yeah. time that's the point of using that it and i've done point. the same yep. when i use my fawn stonehenge i'm going to let that color show through i'm going to let it it work for me. And so when I did that tiger, it saved so much time. I really was impressed with how quickly yeah, and that I was able really to move good. through it. Uh, yeah, I I th- I think that I think that is a good takeaway right there, Lisa, is that you have to think about what the support will do or not do for uh, your your piece. Now, I'm currently working on a candle, and that one I've u- I'm using the Fawn uh, Stonehenge paper, and that one is an advantage because, you know, here's the thing with something that is more of a neutral tone, then you're just pulling out highlights and you're recessing things. Um, in into the shadows with darker uh, values as well, and so that I think I think that's a lot easier. It was for me with what I was doing with that portrait because she was emerging out of the dark, and so I was having to build up a whole lot of values uh, everywhere that there was going to be light. And so, yeah, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Is it now? Just how out is of curiosity, which brand of black paper did you use? I used Stonehenge, is what I used. No, 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 that's not right. I I take that back. That is not right. It's not what I used. I used a Canson uh, board is what I used. And it was it was a very smooth surfaced board. And I bought one of those boards. I haven't used it yet. I ordered a whole bunch of paper uh, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I used mine was on the Canson Me Tans. Mm hmm. So that I, I liked that paper. I'm not sure with the black that I'm going to be using that a lot more. I don't know that I would order myself another pack. I'm sure I'll use it for a few other projects here and there, but it's not something that I need to run out and replace. But I want to try it on some of the other colors. I also got that the Canson Me Towns on the blue as well, or it's a real powder kind of soft blue. I want to try a few exciting. other colors because I like that, that would surface. Be neat. Yeah. It's got, if you've not used it, it has two. Well, I know you've used it, but for those who are listening, if you've not used it, it has two sides, a really, really rough side for pastels use the back side for colored pencil it's really smooth really nice surface to work on it's a little on the flimsy side i did find that it wanted to kind of warp a tiny bit but it wasn't a big deal that it what really was a nice surface what pound paper is it um i want to say it was 98 okay huh it could have that wrong but i think it's right around there well, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I think I would be more interested in working on a toned surface that was darker, but not completely uh, black. Uh, yeah. The other p- problem with working on black is that 
they're depending on the paper, of course, and the tooth and all that. But on these boards, and especially if it's smooth surface, then you're fighting with a reflection when you're viewing it. Even I'm talking about um, because you can get a reflection uh, from that black. That's something that you typically don't get as much with a white surface. A black can be very reflective. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? Well, I paint, so oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a real problem for us with the reflection of the black. Trying to get a photograph of a black painting or a pro- predominantly Well, I'm saying just oh, viewing that- it, you know, just looking at it as a viewer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's kind of distracting. Yeah, well, okay, so photo- photographing uh, your work is another thing that uh, I've noticed that a lot of time, and I've seen one in particular. I'm thinking of one. No, I've, I'm thinking of two. I'm, I remember seeing two. I've seen two online in some Facebook groups of color pencil, and then I've seen them in person. And I can tell you that when I when I'm viewing them online, after I think the saturation level has been turned up and gives you a more rich saturation online with the digital representation, then when I saw them in person, when I looked at them in person, there was. I mean, the artist did a terrific job, awesome job, but there was just this little bit of lackluster when you looked at it. I'm thinking that a lot of times when we're seeing something online, that that's probably the tendency is as we're looking at it and tinkering with it in Photoshop, we're like, man, I'll turn that up just a little bit. I don't know. I always assumed that artists that did that, because you're right, I've seen the same thing. In person, they are very dull compared to what they look like online. The color saturation, everything's brighter, the contrast, everything's Can't even see them across the room, yeah, that kind of thing. assumed that it was the artist that's kind of fudging their work there. They're making, you know, kind of Photoshop, making it look a little bit better. That was my assumption until I did this tiger in black. It's really hard to get a a realistic photograph of that because the camera is wanting to adjust things for you and make it look how it thinks it should make. I ended up scanning mine because my camera, and I've got good cameras, and I mean, I'm changing the shutter speed and the ISO, and I'm adjusting things to try to, and it just wanted to to hype up my contrast. Like, it was really, really difficult. And so all these years, I've just assumed that the artists were kind of fudging a little bit and being like, oh, I'm just going to make it look a little bit better by hyping up contrast. I don't know that they were now. Now I'm really wondering how much of it was it's just really hard to get an accurate representation of that original artwork yeah that's true that's very true actually i'm very unhappy with uh, the way that my digital representation of my daughter turned out and i do like the end result when i'm looking at it in person but you're right i mean there's little subtleties that your your eye and your mind can appreciate and view very well but yeah it's yeah i spent more time editing that photo to make it look like it looked like in person because i think that that was important in that i was reviewing a black paper i wanted people to really be able to see what the difference between black paper versus doing the same thing on white paper and i've done a lot of tigers both in acrylic paint and colored pencil we've got some oil paintings too i think if you go to my website lacree.com slash gallery scroll down to there's a section where i've got quite a few of the tigers and the black one is very near to the other ones and you can really see that the one done on the black paper it's just not as bold as the other ones now when you look at it as a standalone piece of artwork i love how it came out i'm very happy with it it's not that i'm unhappy with it it's just that it is a very you're going to get different results than what you can get on white paper so you need to go into it knowing that And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, knowing that you're picking the right project to work on the black paper. So the tiger that I did was coming out of the shadows. There's a lot of black, so I wanted to let the black paper work for me there. And I think it was a good project for this. But again, if you put it up next to my other tigers, he's 
very dull. I mean, which works because he's in the shadows, even though part of his face is coming out into the light. But it there's a big difference between that tiger and the same tiger, or, you know, similar tigers that I've done on white paper. There are some artists who uh, do use just, you know, the black sticks, Prismacolor sticks, I believe, and uh, different ways of just filling in the black areas of the background on white paper they have talked about the fact that you know this does take less time to fill in that than it does to get that rich saturation that they may not ever get when they're trying to use white to build up the values and typically i mean a lot of times what you'll see and i've seen this um also taught in color pencil workshops is they'll start out an artist who who works on black paper often they'll start out on this black paper with a white pencil and they'll fill in all this area so that on top of that white pencil then they're also going to start layering uh their colors and and they're adding opacity to yes. they're covering the black up so that the other color has something to show up against exactly and the problem with that is that it does take a long time and some of those that have talked to me about the fact that you know they're using a white support instead talk about the fact that you know it takes less time for them to fill in the black pencil in the background than it does to try to build up all these values in white before adding their other uh, color so that's something to keep in mind that's an advantage even though yes it helps it's still never going to be as bright you're just not it'll feel and i've had people tell me oh no it's just as bright trust me it's just as bright as it would be on white paper no it's not it can't no, be it can't by the be. very nature of how colored pencils work they're very translucent they're translucent even if i put a white base down and put color on top yes that helps what's happening though why artists are saying or thinking that they're just as bright and just as bold is that they're you they've got so much contrast because yeah. their background is so dark so they're using the contrast is, yeah. to think that it's as bright but that is there's a big difference between having contrast and having your brights as bright as you want Exactly. And again, I'm and not if saying they that it's it, bad or wrong. No, they're just right. things that you need to be aware of because they're different. But that's the, the those are the games that our minds play uh, with us. Our mind plays that trick on us whenever we're looking at something that's highly, uh, you know, a high contrast like that against black. Obviously, then the whites are going to look much brighter to us at that moment when we're looking at that contrast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of having a blue background. That's that. that yeah, I'm actually me. looking forward to trying I just that love paper. Blue, Maybe <laughs> that's what I'll do for this week's project. I've got to do a colored pencil project this week, and I can't decide what I want to paint or draw. And so I've got a couple of tips for you if you are working or going to try colored pencil on black paper. First, your oil-based pencils don't work so great. They're too too translucent and so definitely i find the luminance are what i mostly used on my project luminance looked so much better stood out so much more than when i was trying to use the polychromos in combination by the time i was towards the end of the tiger i just put my polychromos away i didn't even like the polychromos black as much i even used my luminance black which is weird i never use my luminance black because i like the polychromos one so much but on the black paper loved my luminance all of the luminance for that. That was really my go-to pencil for those. The other tip I have for you is if you're having a hard time getting things really white or you want things a little bit more bright, you may want to try mixing the touch-up texture and titanium white powder from brushandpencil.com. I've had videos. We'll have links in the show notes. But I've done videos where I show you guys how you can mix those two products and use a paintbrush and paint it onto your project. So like whiskers on a tiger, I was able to get those super bright that way, as bright as I would on white paper. So there are some things like that that you can help yourself out with a little bit. 
Um, as far as odorless mineral spirits, those worked just fine on the paper I used. I was still able to blend that way, and that helped me to get a nice soft look. So I used that a little bit on a few areas that I needed brighter, where I put a light color, blended it out, and then put my other colors on top, so those areas stood out more. But all of the other blending tools that we used, they worked. I found they worked great. Cool. So for those of you listening at home, I would love to know what your experiences are with uh, using black paper. So you can tweet me at Sharpened Artist, or you can tweet to Lisa at Lockery. And that would be awesome if you could share any experiences that you've had. Or better yet, photos of your artwork. Oh, that'd be great. We like to look at those. And you can share those also in the Colored Pencil Podcast group on Facebook, too. So as always, the show notes are at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. So if you guys have any suggestions for the show, we would love to hear any suggestions that you have for topics for the show. Uh, we'll entertain anything if you have any kind of critiques, uh, as long as you don't talk about changing the hosts. Everything else is good. But I think... And I'm not Lisa, talking any slower. We'll yeah. throw that out there, too. Lisa and I are going to be here. We're going to stay here. We're going to talk the same speed <laughs> we've always talked at, unfortunately. For, for my sake, you're going to get my slow talk. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. I also had another point and got totally, my brain shut off right now. Um, oh, good luck understanding me today. Maybe you needed coffee. Yeah, You're I've got asleep. some. I've got some coffee. Actually, I probably need some water. I forgot that. Oh, well. Hmm. I've got about 10 bottles of it on my desk. I would gladly hand you one if you were nearby. <laughs> They're all about halfway drink, though, because I apparently have a problem finishing. Oh, I know. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I'm real scattered tonight. Sorry. Uh... Do you think we balance each other out because I, I talk too so. fast and you so. talk at a normal speed that we're at kind of a normal speed? There you go. That was speed. very that was very generous of you. Yes, I don't that's think a normal you actually speed. talk slow. It doesn't like people who talk really slow. It's hard for me to listen to because my brain is all over the place and my, I start to wander and I don't know what they're talking about anymore. I will have to tell you then that uh, somebody told a, a lady that I know. She listens to the podcast. I don't know why these people that know me listen to the podcast, but anyway. <laughs> But she said, you talk faster when you're on there with Lisa. I'm like, I think that's a thank you. <laughs> I'm or off on you. <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know if that was an insult or if that <laughs>